Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. Hello, Victory Church. We're excited to continue this series called Available. And I want to, sometimes the, when you're watching the news, um, sometimes you'll see the news story or a, or a newspaper, they'll retract something. They said something in yesterday's paper or last week's paper, and today they want to set the record straight. And I, I want to start by doing something that I kind of want to, I want to retract something that I've said for several weeks in a row. Not that I think it's wrong, but I, I feel like I had just a different perspective, a different revelation. And really it came through a friend who kind of challenged me in what, we, in what I've been saying many times throughout this series. Because many times throughout this series, this idea of being available to God, that God gets everything we have, that we say, God, I give my life away, it's yours. And you've heard me say this time and time again throughout the last several weeks, I've said it's a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer. To, it's a dangerous thing to say, to say, Lord, you get it all. You can have it all. I'm available to you for whatever, all of my ideas, all of my dreams are yours. And I'm not saying that it's a wrong statement to say that it's a dangerous prayer, but I, I feel like I got a different perspective on this because really it's not really all that dangerous. You're, really what you're saying is, God, I'm ready for an adventure. And what I, what I think might be true is maybe the opposite is true. Maybe to not say, God, I'm available is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's more dangerous to say, God, I got this. Maybe it's more dangerous to say, God, let me show you, let me tell you what I'm going to do. That is dangerous. So I want to retract that, if you'll allow me to. And I want us to begin to have the perspective, you know what, to be available to God, that's an adventure. Like, he's going to take you on one of the greatest rides, one of the greatest journeys that you've ever been on. And if you've lived life long enough and you've tried a few things and you've fallen short a couple of times... It's not a bad thing to say, God, I can't do this without you. I'm available to you. And so I pray that this series has been good to you. I pray that it's been challenging you. If you've missed a single week or maybe you're a first-time guest, you don't even know what I'm talking about, uh, go back and watch them. That's why they're in the archives. Go back and listen to them. Go back and watch them. Uh, instead of jumping on Netflix, instead of jumping on random YouTube videos, instead of t looking at politics or news, go back and listen to the Word of God and see what God's been saying to this house, if you're a part of this house. Because God is leading us on a journey. The first week, we talked about, God, this is, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Here I am. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here, I'm, here I am. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. These are my fears. These are my challenges. And we're letting God do inner work in us, and that's an ongoing process. And then the second week, we said, God, this is where I'll go. I'll go wherever, whenever, however. Wherever, God. You say where to go. You say when to go. You say how to go. And I'll go. Last week we talked about, God, this is what I'll give. This is what I'll give. I don't want to get to the end of the year and say, this, that's what I gave. Like I just kind of took it at what came. I gave away what I could. I, we're approaching 2021 saying, no, God, this is what I'm going to give. By faith, I'm going to stretch myself. 
I'm going to go beyond what I've ever done before. I'm going to stretch myself and believe that God's going to do a work in me. Today, I want to begin and continue this, this, this series to on, on to the next thought. Next week, remember, next week is the Heart for the House offering. Next week, I'll do the State of the Church Address. Next week, we're going to talk about this is my church. And I'll do the State of the Church Address, and then we'll do our Heart for the House offering. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to go back and listen to last week's message. Every year we do a Heart for the House offering, if you have a heart for this house. Last week we took home little brochures that we're praying over and asking God, God, this is what I'll give this year. And so you can grab one of those today. If you didn't get one last week, you can grab one of those today. We'll pick them back that up next week. So be here next week or watching online. So let me read the foundational verse, and then I'm going to set up where we're heading today. We've read this verse every week, Isaiah 6, 8. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I send me. The, pe- the passage that I want to use today to teach from, if you want to go there in your Bibles, you can go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 here in this moment, and then we're going to unpack this as we go on. John chapter 2 is a story that many of us know well. It's the, Jesus, the story of Jesus' first miracle, turning the water into wine. In verse 1 it says, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee, Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. In verse 5, this is where we're going to camp today. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I want to read the King James Version of that verse. I like the King James Version. King James Version says, His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Do it. Look at your neighbor and just say, do it. You can't say it like that. you got to say, do it. It's funner that way. Say it again. Say, do it. You shouldn't do something that people tell you. Just because somebody on stage tells you to do something doesn't mean you should always do it. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And uh, we're all here on purpose. We're all here because uh, we want to hear from you. We want to worship you. We want to wait upon you. We want to dive into your word. And we want to be led by you, God. I believe that everybody in this room wants to be led by you. We all want to be available to you. And so, God, I pray that these next few moments would be uh, just so rich with your presence We invite your presence to come. We invite your Holy Spirit to be here. This is not a speech. This is your word, Father. And so make it come to life for each one of us individually. Even if I don't say it right, God, do it right. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, uh, you know, you're probably like me. You start your day by by waking up and and looking at your calendar and, and mumbling things to yourself like, I have a lot to do today. There's a lot of stuff on my calendar. There's a lot of things that I have to do. And, and every day we get to decide what we're going to do. And there's a lot of do's. There's a lot of do-do out there, you know. There's, just, there's a lot of stuff that's confronted. To, some of y'all got that joke. Some of you didn't. It's cool. It was a dad joke, so it's not a big deal. Um, but we're confronted with things all day long, all day, every day. And I want to unpack some of this today. I want to really dive into to this idea of reframing our minds. And I know it's hard to do in today's day and age because there's just a lot going on in the world. 
But what if we approached our day every day saying, God, I'm available to you, and today I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Uh, Big or small, I'll do it. And reframing ourselves to approach every day with this, this idea and, and I, I think we really need to begin to understand, and I'm preaching to myself, that the most valuable thing we can ever do every single day is whatever he tells us to do. There's a lot of stuff we can do. We got to change diapers. We got to run kids all over the place. We got to run businesses. We got to report to work. We got to take care of our spouses. We got to take care of whatever your do is. But I what if we approached our days saying, God, whatever you want me to do today is the first priority in my life. And I want to give, I want to make myself available to you. And this verse in verse five, you know, Mary understood this. She just looked at the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. Abraham, Abraham, we talked about this in week one. Uh, Abraham went, he agreed to go somewhere before he even knew where it was he was agreeing to go. Remember we talked about that. We said the answer is yes. Now what's the question? And what Mary was telling the servants is you're going to do, you don't know what he's going to tell you to do yet. He may tell you to jump on one leg, but whatever he tells you to do, I'm telling you, do it. And unlimited possibilities open up, right? Miracles happen. Signs and wonders happen. All based on this idea of when God's people make the decision to do whatever he tells us to do. And there might be a miracle right on the other side of our obedience in these moments. Everybody has dues. All through the Bible, everybody in the Bible had a do. David had a do. He was called to be a leader. Moses had a do, deliverer. Uh, Joshua had a do, he was a fighter. Um, we have time and time again, you know Noah, Noah had a do, his, his do was to be a builder. Paul's due was to be an expander, to preach the gospel, to spread the word of God, to launch churches. That was his due. Did you know that Jesus had a due? Jesus came to the earth to have a due, to hang on a cross. That was his due. And every one of us have a due, and we all have different dues. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your due? We all have a do. So what I want to do for just a little bit of time here, I want to unpack, I want to give you a few things. I want to talk about four things that God wants you to know about your do. Okay? So let's, y'all, y'all ready for this? Y'all with me? Okay. So let's go back to this passage. I want to read. So I read the, the setup, verses one through five, and Mary looks at the servants and says, do whatever he tells you to do. That was verse five. The very next verse is where I want to pick up verse six. It says, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, and each holding from 20 to 30 gallons And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Number one, if you're taking notes, before we look at the do, I want you to know the who. Okay, so point number one, if you're taking notes, your do is determined by your who. Now that's not making sense right now, but I'm going to try to have that make sense for you. So have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, what do you do? Or who, you know, who are you? (laughs) You know, we'll start by answering that question, well, I'm John Chastine. And they'll say, no, who are you? And immediately, just by instinct, I'll go, well, I, I'm a pastor. You know, it's, it's just instinct. It's instinct. We, we automatically go to what we do. What do you, and we think that what we do is what we have for a career or 
where we live or if somebody asks you these questions, your automatic instinct is to go to this, this idea of if I'm pressed, I'm going to tell you what I do for a living. Like my career is, is what I do. So, gee, I want you to catch this. This is really what I want to unpack for you. The very first thing I want you to catch here. When I read this story, it hit me. I, and I've, I've read the story many, many times. And I, I know probably many, many of you have too. But I want you to catch the impact of this, that Jesus' first miracle was wine, but his first instrument was servants. He didn't choose royalty. He didn't go to the palace and say, my first miracle is going to be here. He didn't say, he didn't say, who's the most influential people in Jerusalem? That's who I'm going to use for my first miracle. Jesus's very first miracle, he used the least he used the, the least likely, the least influential, the servants. And I think this is really important for the body of Christ to, to really begin to understand because we live in this culture of influencers and we live in a culture where if you don't have a bunch of YouTube followers, Instagram followers, everybody wants to be famous overnight. I kid you not, when my daughter was four years old, she came to me and said, Dad, how do I be famous? What? The society we live in is about being known, be mentioned on social media. You know, you open your social media and somebody mentioned you, you're like, someone mentioned me. I'm out there. I'm someone, right? And I think it's interesting to go back to, to looking at these stories of who God used. God used servants. The very first people he used were, were the least of these so why is it then that we always want to be recognized? Why do we want to be recognized? And even, even when we sign up to volunteer at church or something, we, there's this part of us that's like, yeah, but when do I get to say something from the platform? That would be great. It's just this innate thing in us that we want to be somebody. And God, we, we always want to be somebody special, right? We want to be somebody special. We want somebody to look, I want a participation trophy, okay? I just want to be special. Give me a trophy for trying. I want, to, I want to be special. But I think God would be saying to us, if you actually want to be the most important or the most special, uh, you'll be a servant. In, in God's eyes, when he looks at the most important people, when he looks at the most impactful people, when he looks at the people that he's the most, quote unquote, impressed by, I think he looks at the bottom of the chain first. Because his kingdom is always upside down. So we must remember this when we're trying to figure out our due. It's really important. Because we think that if our due isn't huge, or our impact isn't huge, or our ministry isn't huge, or our influence being massive, then we're, then we're failing. But we have to be careful what we, what we tie our due to. So I wrote this phrase down that you'll probably have to read it a couple times to actually have it make sense. But if you do not go into your due... Focused on being the right who, you will never find the right what. If your do is wrapped up in you being somebody important, you'll never really find it. You'll never really find your purpose on this life, on this earth, if it's always wrapped up in, in something that elevates you or us to, to an important moment or important perspective. Our do can never be wrapped up in this. And so, you know, if you're a CEO... Um, of an organization or you run an organization and you're used to kind of pushing people around, you know, not physically or harmfully, but you're just, you're used to pushing, you know, can you push a broom instead? 
can I come to church and just serve and nobody ever is going to know that I served? Like, I'm looking through the, through, through the room here. I know that it's the case at Edmond. We have people who have faithfully served for so many years that you will never know who this person is, but when they're gone, the staff knows it. Because they're, they're pastoring people sometimes even more than we do as staff because of their impact uh, in, in the church. And they don't need to be known. They don't need to be seen. They, so if, if you're used to giving orders at work, can you take orders for the kingdom? This is, this is what God is challenging us with. And so um, if you're good at mopping up money, you know, in, in your day job, can you mop up a spill at church? And, and, and it's okay because I'm, I'm, I'm going to approach my life. One of the, maybe one of the greatest do's I can ever do on this earth is to approach my do from the perspective of the least of these. And so Matthew, verse 25, verse 21 says this. It says, he replied, Master, well done, good and faithful servant. It doesn't say well done, good and faithful famous person. It doesn't say well done, good and faithful CEO or leader or influencer. It says well done. When God decides to utter the words well done, it's to a servant. And this is the reward of the servant. It says you have been faithful with a few things. It means you, didn't, you weren't that important but you are faithful with it. And because of your faithfulness, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Who got put in charge of many things? Servant. Servant. It was the servant that, 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 got, that captured God's attention. So I'm asking all of us, myself included, where do you serve? Where do you serve? Who do you serve? Are we approaching life in this way? And Jesus is not here to serve our what. We are, sir, to, we are here to serve his what. That's the perspective. This is the life. This is the way we approach our life. And so if we chase success and fame, you'll miss your due. If you, if you chase, uh, if you're too busy for church, if you're too busy to serve the kingdom of God, we might miss our most important reason that we're on earth to serve and to find our due. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world but forfeit their soul? Like you could do a lot of stuff on this earth to gain a lot of things, but in doing so, we might lose the greatest thing that we have. So we are called to be nothing more than servants. It's actually really simple. We're called to be nothing more than servants of God advancing the kingdom of God. What if we begin to frame our minds when somebody asks us, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm, I'm actually a, a, a restaurant owner. I'm actually a business owner. But really, my, my true calling is to advance the kingdom of God. And I'm just, I'm just a teacher who have, I'm just a, a, an advancer of the kingdom who happened to be a teacher. You know? And I'm thinking of somebody. He's in this room at the OKC campus today. Uh, Ed Lynn, he's a good friend of mine. He owns many, many Buffalo Wild Wings in the state of Oklahoma. And he doesn't see it. As a business, he sees it as a way for him to advance the kingdom of God. And he's ministering to his staff, and he's ministering to his waiters and waitresses who are hurting and struggling, and he uses it as an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. He is coming at it from a servant. We, you live your life this way and watch God turn water into wine for you. He will turn water into wine in your life if we approach it as a servant. So before we talk about our do, we got to make sure we got the right who. Who am I? I'm a servant. I'm a servant. 
I'm not a pastor. I'm not a president. I'm not a CEO. I'm not a whatever. I must live my life as a servant first and then watch God begin to turn the water into wine. So number one, you, your do is determined by your who. Number two, your do is someone else's how. Okay, your do is someone else's how. So verse, verse three of this story, it says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, we have no more wine. You know why Mary knew that they had no more wine? Because somebody came up to Mary and said, we have no more wine. <laughs> somebody was like, we have a problem. So Mary knew that her son could fix the problem. So there was a how. And every single person in this room has a how. How am I going to do this? How am I going to fix my marriage? How am I going to get better with my anger issue? How am I? All of us have a how. So we all have a problem. The how is the problem. And every person in here has one. Every person at Edmund has one. Every person watching online, the person next to you is jacked up. Don't look at them. It's weird. <laughs> the answer in this scenario, Mary knew it. The answer to the problem was Jesus. The answer to your how is Jesus too. He's always the answer to every question. So, but the, the part that I want to talk to you about today is the servants that played a role in accomplishing the how. Jesus was the answer. The servants were the delivery mechanism, right? Jesus could have just done a crazy miracle and just magically everybody's glass at their own table would have just been filled up. For some reason, Jesus always chooses us jacked up people to deliver his goodness. He always uses broken vessels for some reason. So we get the opportunity to play a role in someone else's how. Jesus is in the business. He's really good at turning how into however. <laughs> so they were out of wine. That was the problem. The how was we're out of wine. However, Jesus knows how to turn water into wine. He has a however for every how. And so we're sinners. However, Jesus is a savior. We get sick. However, Jesus is a healer. Uh, we are broken people. However, Jesus is in the business of mending broken people. Uh, we, we suffer from lack as human beings. However, Jesus is the provider. He's a provider. So we get, this is really cool to think about. This is part of the adventure that we talked about today. We get to be a part of somebody else's how. Isn't that cool? It's like you've heard of Uber Eats and Uber, all these Uber, like we're Uber Jesus. I, the servants weren't cooking up the wine. They just got to deliver what Jesus was cooking up. They couldn't turn water into wine, but I could, I could deliver the goodness to the people. And so as servants, we can't fix people's marriages, but we can sure be an encourager. Uh, when you sign up to be a greeter at Victory Church, it's like somebody's walking through the door depressed, and I can't fix their depression, but I can sure smile at them and show them Jesus through a smile. There's certain things that we can do in, 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 in the calling that God has in us. I, I, can't, I can't heal the sick, but I can visit you in the hospital. 
There's certain things that I can't do. I can't do these things, but I can be a part of delivering Jesus to you. I can't create, you can't create babies, but you could rock one in the nursery if you want to, right? There's, there's always a part that we get to play in this journey, and, and you can't bring salvation to someone's soul, but you could escort somebody to a seat where they'll find it. And I think about that. Brandy's here. She's one of our greatest ushers. If you've never met Brandy, you are missing out. I know we got some amazing ushers at Edmund, Roger, and a lot of these guys. I think what I see in, in, some, of our, in some of our ushers is they're not just helping somebody find a seed. They're helping somebody find healing. Like when they escort you to your seat, what they're saying is, I can't fix you. Like I, there's nothing I can do, but let me deliver some wine to you. Have a seat right here. And you're going to experience the presence of God today. You're, you're being a servant. You're delivering Jesus to somebody. And we can do this by expressing love to strangers in the street. We can, we can do this on a daily basis as we continue to just express our goodness, God's goodness to those around us. So when you do whatever God says, you get to play a part in somebody else's how. Isn't that cool that God uses us? He didn't have to use us if he didn't want to. But we get to play a part in this. Third thing I want you to understand is this, your due to others does not mean God can't do for you. Now, think about these, these servants that were delivering this wine for a second. These guys and gals had probably never tasted wine. They like wine too. And I just have to deliver it to other people. And sometimes being a servant of God can feel this way. Because you're like, well, I need to be healed too. Well, pray for your healing. I need God to heal me. Why would I give you money when I've been praying that God would pay off my car? I'm going to deliver something to you when I've been depending on God to bring me the same thing? Can, can, this is the real, the real challenge for, for most of us in our humanity is how can I serve you when I need somebody to serve me? Like I, We can become so consumed in what we need God to do for us that we lose sight of what God's trying to use us to do in other people. And what I just felt encouraged to tell you today is just because God's using you to deliver something else to somebody else that you need doesn't mean there's not enough for you too. Because I, like as I read this story, I started kind of doing some math. And I was blown away at the amount of wine that this dude created. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. It's not like they didn't already have some. They drank it all. Like, they probably planned a lot of wine. They're like, this is a party. We should, should we get three cases? No, let's get four just in case. And they still ran out. And Jesus is like, I got you. Now, let's do some simple math, okay? Because it says that there were six ceremonial jars of washing. Six. Now, that verse says that each jar was 20 to 30 gallons. Holy cow. Like, do some math here, y'all. Whatever you think about wine, I'm not saying trying to, you know, grow up, okay? <laughs> Six of these suckers. That's 120 to 180 gallons of wine, okay? Now, I took it a step further because I needed to know what that meant. That means that is anywhere from 750 to 1,000 bottles of wine, Right? Now, I'll take it another step further. I did some research and found that in order to make 1,000 bottles of wine, it would take 2,000 pounds of grapes. That's a ton. <laughs> That's a ton of grapes. That's a lot of grapes. 
And this is my point. Jesus is like, you know what? I'm not going to give you enough. I'm going to give you more than enough. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm providing more than you need, right? So the servants are probably like, well, maybe there'll be a little left over afterwards and we can taste it for ourselves. There, there was more than enough. And so when we're spreading joy, we need to be like, you know what? I need some joy. I wish somebody would encourage me, but I'm going to encourage somebody else because there's enough joy to go around. I, I could really use some extra money. God, I've been trying to pay this car off for three years, and I'd really like to be debt-free. But I love Victory Church, or I love this person, or I see that person just in need on the side of the road. You know what, God? You're, you own the kettle on a thousand hills. What am I worried about? How, why am I gripping this too tightly? Why don't I let it loose? And I'm going to give you some money, and I'm just going to trust God that there's more than enough to go around, and he's working on my stuff while I'm working on somebody else's stuff. There's more than enough. There's more than enough to go around if we will just get outside of our own selves. And Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I've, I've lived this out at our church. Like this, this struggle within myself and within the leadership team. Like we have given away insane amounts of money over the past six years, seven years that I've been the senior pastor. This one time, many of you know this story well, somebody gave our church half a million dollars and we said, let's give it all away. We just give every dime of it away. All the while, I've been praying that God would make us debt free. All the while, we need to build a campus at Edmond. Bad, like bad. It's packed. So we have our own needs. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still give. I'm just believing that there's more than enough. That God can open the windows of heaven and he can pour out a blessing and provide for our church. And the same is true for you. It should not stop us from being uber Jesus to other people because we're waiting on somebody to be uber Jesus to us. Right? This is how the kingdom of God works. So sometimes the miracle is delivered to you and sometimes you deliver it to someone else. Okay? But whether somebody is delivering it to you or whether you're delivering it to somebody else, there's more than enough. It's more than enough. Never skimp on your joy because you're waiting on joy. Never skimp on your generosity because you're waiting on your promotion. Um, sometimes I actually believe that when we give, imagine that, it is when God opens the windows of heaven and provides it for us. And you'll never find your true due on this earth until you stop waiting on somebody to do it to you. And I'm just going to do it to everybody else. Right? So last but not least, let me, let me give you one more perspective as, as you do your due. Your due is laced with a why. Okay? Your due is always laced with a why. Now let me give you this perspective. These servants that day, they thought that they were just delivering wine. You know, here, here's, go get some ceremonial washing jars. Now take this to the master. Take it to all the people. But this is the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus was doing stuff back then that in the moment nobody even knew what he was doing. But 2,000 years later, we're like, ah, I see you, I see you, Jesus. Right? Because think about even the intentionality of Jesus saying, bring me the ceremonial washing jars. Now, ceremonial washing jars in Jewish culture was what they would use to wash their hands and feet before they ate. 
or before they worshiped, before they went into the temple. They had to ceremonially cleanse themselves, right? And so isn't it funny that Jesus used the same vessel that they would use to wash the outside of themselves, and he used the same vessel to create something that they would then put into themselves. And what Jesus was trying to say to you is, I, I don't, I'm not that, I want to change you not from the outside in, I want to change you from the inside out. That I want to come and do something in you. And he used vessels that were used for filthy stuff, like nasty stuff. And he used these vessels who weren't, these vessels weren't important. They were insignificant. These vessels were dirty and filthy. They didn't get washed. Um, and he used those vessels to do his work. We are those vessels. We are, we're just jacked up people. Like we mess up all the time. And even this morning, I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was leading me to, to kind of lean into this for a minute to say that for the past several weeks, I've been telling you to be available and be available and be available. And there's many of you out there who are saying, I would be available, but God could never use me. Like if you knew my past, if you knew my issues, not just my past, but if you knew what I did five minutes ago, John, you would, <laughs> you'd be like, eh, I don't know about this guy. But God is in the business of using broken vessels to do his work. This is who he chooses to use time and time and time again. So we are called, this is really what we're called to do. We're called to do the same thing these nasty vessels were. We're called to bring new, fresh wine to other people. Like we become containers of this, of the Holy Spirit who then gets poured out for others to participate in, to partake of, that brings joy in their life. And this is, this is what we are. We're broken down. So Jesus was telling them, it's not, on what, it's not on the outside that what matters, it's what's on the inside that matters. And Jesus wants to come and pour himself, pour the Holy Spirit into every one of us to be, then become a vessel that it's not about just me getting more of Jesus for myself so I can enjoy it for myself. It's so that I can just pour it out to other people. Vessels were never meant to hold things forever. Vessels are meant to be tipped over and poured out to bring nourishment and satisfaction and quench other people's thirsts. This is what Jesus is calling us to do. And in a world that we live in where it's all about consume, 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 me, 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 survive, 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 accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. God's like, no, it's a vessel. We are vessels. We are to be tipped over and poured out. And it's a continual pouring out that God wants to do in and through us. And I, the reason I say that your, your, your due should be laced with a Y. You know what laced means? Now, I'm no, I'm no former massive drug addict, but I know that you can lace stuff. Some of you are like, ooh, I do. I'll, I'll tell you about it. I'll get up on stage and tell you all about it. No. But what that means is that there's something that's been laced in it that you didn't know was there. Like this is whenever I try to give my dog medicine, I'll put the medicine in a piece of cheese. That dumb dog just thinks it's a piece of cheese. What that dumb dog doesn't know is that I laced that cheese with some medicine. <laughs> you have to take your due, you have to take your due, whatever your due is, and lace it with a Y. Lace it with a Y. Yeah, you're a teacher, but you're, you being a teacher is laced with a Y. You may be a business owner, and to the world you're just a business owner, but what the world doesn't know of you have laced your business with a Y. And so we get so caught up in the do that we lose sight of the why. Really, the do doesn't matter. Stop worrying so much about the do and worry about the why. And when you get the why right, God will be like, now I can give you a bigger do. 
because you've got the right why. So we have to begin to approach our lives in this way. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you clean houses for a living. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're the Tiger King, right? So whatever you do, I don't know what you do. I don't know. Tiger King's probably a stretch, but um, <laughs> I ruined the moment there. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I should stick to my notes a little more. Um, but whatever you do for a living, stop being so consumed in what you do and start consuming yourselves with the why. Where do you serve? Where do you serve? Where do you pour yourself out? Where, where do you inconvenience yourself? You know what serving is? It's inconvenience. If you never feel inconvenience, then you're never serving. Because serving is not convenient. That's the point. Well, I just don't have time. I know you don't have time. That's the point. You make time. So if you want to know if you're serving, measure it by how inconvenienced you feel in the moment. <laughs> the more inconvenienced you are, the more you're serving. And those are the types of things where God looks down and says, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little, a few things. Now I want to give you greater things. This is that perspective. This is what we're going to approach. And so this whole series about, has been about, this is where I'm at, God. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm jacked up. I got issues. But this is where I'm at. Will you do a work in me? Will you heal me? Will you move me? Will you shape me? Will you put me on the potter's wheel? And will you put me in the fire and refine me? Do that refiner's fire in me. This is where I'm at. I know it's not where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. This is where I'm at. The second thing is, God, this is where I'll go. Like, I'll go anywhere. I'll, I'll go whatever. I'll go wherever, however, when. Like, I'll do it, God. You just, you just say where, and I'll, and I'll go. And then this is what I'll give. This is what I'll give, God. I'll give myself away. Everything I have is yours. Everything I, have, I approach my life with everything I have is yours, God. I'll, if you tell me to give it away, I'll give it away. And then last but not least, I want you to finish this sentence today. This is what I'll do. For 2021, God, this is what I'll do. I don't know where I'm going to find the time, but I'm going to sign up to serve at church. I don't know where I'm going to find the time, but I'm going to sign up to serve at that food bank. I don't know, I don't know, what I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do it, God, because i got 10 kids and three things and two jobs. And, but I'm going, to, I'm going to figure out a way to create some margin, God, and give myself away and really give away my most valuable asset, not my money, my time. Time is your most valuable asset. And so God may be challenging you in this way to serve. And we always want to provide an, an avenue for you to do that, whether it's giving um, or whether it's serving. And I'm not saying you have to serve here. Go serve anywhere. I don't care where you serve. We could use you, though. Sometimes it's easy to show up at church and you just see everything working and flowing. And you're like, well, they got it all together. They don't need me. That is a lie. We desperately need you. We have volunteers that are having to work way too much, way too often, way too many services over and over and over again. If you come here on a Sunday morning at the 9 or the 11, 52, day, 52 weeks out of the year, you will see Brandy being an usher. Probably because she loves it. But we need more ushers. Sometimes we have staff running cameras because we don't have enough camera operators. Like there are plenty of ways and areas for you to serve at this church. It, it, what's your gift? Do you love to cook? We could use you. We could use you. At the Edmond campus, Charity cooks for all the dream teams. She cooks for hospital visitations. She cooks for weddings and funerals. If you love to cook, I'm just saying whatever, you, whatever your do is, 
we could use your due. We could use your due. And so we want to give that opportunity. And you pray about it. You're like, well, I don't want to serve at Victor Church. That's fine. Serve outside. Go to city center. Go to another organization. And just give of your time. Give of your, give of your time, your time, your time, and your talents. Like, what do you have to offer the kingdom of God? Because we're called to be servants. And watch God turn water into wine. Watch God turn water into wine. So I want to just have a moment. You know me. I like to have just a moment of reflection where you can just kind of close your eyes and absorb and pray and, and ask God to speak to you. I always want to give that space because when we leave here, you're going to get distracted instantly. And so you, I, you can just remain seated if you want. We're going to go back into a song for just a moment. Uh, and the purpose of this is just to give you a moment to reflect, to pray, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Let me serve? Let me serve here? Let me serve somewhere else? And so as you leave church today, even, we're going to have, we're gonna have uh, in, in the lobbies at, at our locations, we're going to have tables set up. If you want to serve and you want to get involved at Victory Church and you don't even know what yet, but you just want to start a process, we will, be on, we will be available in the lobbies to you today to just come out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm available. I'm available. I don't even know exactly what I'll do yet, but I'm willing to have a conversation. I want to start a process. And so I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to rest in his presence for just a moment. And... Um, don't get distracted. Don't get on your phone. Don't start getting your stuff together. Let God speak to you. Like, give, give God a moment to, to bring clarity to you. Ask the Holy Spirit um, to speak to you in this moment. So, Father, we just come to you. We receive your challenge today, God. It's not about performance. It's not about earning your love. It's not based on works. It has nothing to do with that, God. We want to do everything that you're calling us to do. We want to advance your kingdom. We want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, Father. So what we are all saying with open hearts and open hands is, is use me, God. I'm available to you. Show me my next due. Show me what it is, Father. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it's uh, over the series of a few months. You're going to begin to craft and mold something in us, Father, to become the delivery mechanism of your goodness and your faithfulness to other people around us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.